Welcome to Oikos Church. We are so glad that you are here with us today. I hope that you have great plans on celebrating the moms today. If you don't have plans, maybe you should, I'll give you liberty to go and use your phone, make some plans. Maybe more important than what you hear me say today. Maybe, maybe not. So this morning we're going to look at a city as we look into the life of a woman who touched the lives of so many. It was in a city called Joppa. Now, Joppa, you don't know it as Joppa anymore because it was once Joppa, but now it was called Jaffa and changed the name because Alexander the Great decided to change the name. He was great, so he got to do that. So he changed the name to Jaffa. Now, Jaffa currently, if you don't know where it is in the biblical context, it was an important seafaring city. It was a trading city. And now today, it's wrapped around, or it's been wrapped around Tel Aviv. So in modern day Israel, Tel Aviv is a large city, the largest city in Israel today. It kind of encompasses this whole little historic town that was once called Joppa. Joppa was known throughout history to be overthrown, taken, because it was such an important trading city. So the people there developed an ethos of starting again. They knew that they would have a lot of prosperity, and like that, it could be taken away. And so they would start again, and people would, in some ways, not develop long roots, knowing that those that they loved could be killed when the next ruler would come through, overthrowing the city so that they could take it for themselves. So we're entering a city where perhaps there wasn't a lot of peace. Perhaps there was a lot of need. Perhaps there were a lot of hurting people. And it's here where we find a lady named Dorcas. Let's listen to the story. Peter traveled from place to place preaching the gospel of Christ and encouraging fellow believers. At one place he found a paralyzed man who had been lying on his bed for eight years. Peter said to him, The Lord Jesus has healed you, so get up. Immediately the man was healed and got up. People in the area saw the man and heard what happened, and many of them put their faith in Christ. There was a woman named Dorcas who lived nearby in the city of Joppa. As a disciple of Jesus, she loved people and did good works for them. She became sick and died. Her friends prepared her body for burial and placed it in an upstairs room. The disciples in Joppa heard that Peter was in the area, so they sent two men to him. They said, please come with us right away. Peter agreed and went with them. When he arrived in Joppa, they took him to the house where they had laid the body of Dorcas. He went upstairs and found women weeping for her. When they saw him, they showed him the various robes and clothes that Dorcas had made while she was alive. Peter sent them out of the room and knelt down and prayed. Turning to the body, he said, Dorcas, get up. With that, she opened her eyes and saw Peter. So she sat up. He helped her up from the bed and then called for the other women. He presented Dorcas to them alive. The news of this spread throughout Joppa, and many put their faith in Jesus. So I think if you 
read through Scripture. One of the individuals, James, the brother of Jesus, he led the Jerusalem church. He wrote these words, Pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. I think that this would describe Dorcas pretty well. Now, I don't know if James knew Dorcas. We, I, don't, I can't make that connection. But I definitely think she would be an example that would pour out from this scripture that James is talking about, where he's encouraging the people of God to love those who may be lacking in the area of love, who may be hurting and in distress, to love them like no one else. We can also say that Dorcas, with absolute confidence, was a wonderful spiritual mother. She would, as Jesus would tell his disciples, in Matthew 5, give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. This is Dorcas. Now, the story, if you listen to the story in the completion, it's mostly about Peter. And Dorcas, again, is his shadow figure throughout the story. She's there. She's the reason Peter goes to Joppa. She gets healed, and people come to faith. But I think when we look at give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow, isn't this what moms do all the time? I want you to think about that. How many times does a mom hear, Mom, in her life? How many times have you heard that, moms? I heard it several times this morning. Even though I was doing my best to make sure I was helping the children. But who do they turn to? Mom. How many requests do you think? I want you to picture your own mother, whether she's alive or she's gone. How many requests did you make of her? Think about that, day in and day out. You probably don't even, can't even remember because it became so normalized that you just ask your mom for help. How many do you still ask her for help if she's living today? How often do you think moms give food to their children before they eat? How, does that, how often does that happen, moms? We went on a bike ride this last, or just yesterday, and we stopped in at this restaurant, and it was really cool. They had a neat mantra, heck yeah. So every time you ordered something, he goes, heck yeah. Every time you did something, he goes, heck yeah. I'm kind of slow, so I didn't get it till the end when he said goodbye, and I said, heck yeah, right? <laughs> but he wanted to make sure, as we were ordering food, and of course, you know, there's six of us, as we're ordering food, he goes, well, you get your food first. Because I know what moms do. They get theirs last, and then they don't have a chance to eat because they're helping everybody else get ready. And he goes, but if I give it to you first, that might be a problem too because then it's like you got little vultures, and they eat all your food while they're waiting for theirs. Moms continually sacrifice 
to help their children. How often do you see moms give up hours of sleep just so that their child can sleep? I want you to think about that. Children who are almost adults. Think about how often your mom stayed up praying for you as you went out to have fun. You were having fun. Your mom was sitting there going, please, Lord, please bring him home. Or please, Lord, bring her back. I remember one night I came home late from my curfew. Yes, we had curfew. Strict household. I think my curfew in junior and high school is 11 o'clock. All my friends got to stay out later. I had to be home at 11 o'clock. My parents could not see why there was any reason why we needed to be out past that time. So we were out till 10.59. And this one time I decided to have a little bit more fun and I got home at 11.30. And I'll never forget that picture. My mom's in her nightgown, which it's not an elegant nightgown, right? It's just a something. And we, I had to enter in from the basement, and the stairs, it's a long way down there. And I came around thinking, I'm going to make it, which stupid, stupid me. And she's standing there. With her little nightgown going, where have you been? I have been waiting for you. Losing sleep so I could have a little more fun. I think we can say with confidence that Dorcas was a great spiritual mother to the people of Joppa. She demonstrates this motherly conduct. She shows compassion and care by clothing those who are in need. She worked every day to make sure that those who had nothing had something. Dorcas was the type of person, though we don't have a lot of information on her, we can see with evidence in Scripture that perhaps she even worked against her own health as she served those who were in need. Moms do this all the time. When a child gets sick, maybe you've seen this bring back some memories. Maybe last week, a child gets sick and you care for them. You love them. You hold them. You clean up all their yuck, right? Unless they get a little bit older. This may be TMI, but... It happened, and it just came into my mind. Yesterday, the kids were playing one of their creative games. <laughs> and I don't really know how it evolved, because it wasn't from me. So it wasn't actual beer pong, but it was like that. They were throwing things in a cup, and then they had to drink it, and they devised that they should put in um, baked sausage into water from leftover pizza. 
and breezy, evidently. I don't even, I wasn't witnessing it. We were in another room <laughs> because we're good parents. So they, they were throwing this in there, and he drank it, and he had to throw it up three times. So what do they do? They come in our room and go, Mom! Right? Because who cleans up? Yuck. Mom does. Because I can't. <laughs> and we both were like, no, that's yours. <laughs> you go clean that up. But who did they turn to? They turned to mom. Because mom was there when they are sick. Mom is there when they don't know what else to do. Mom is there when they walk out of their bathroom and they throw up when they could have thrown up in the bathroom. She's cleaning it up in the hallway. Mom is there telling dad, get out of here. Because I don't want to clean up your mess. Because moms take care of kids, but then they also take care of their more larger kid. Right? And when dads get sick, who's there? Taking care of the children plus dad. I think this is kind of what Dorcas was doing. She loved the people of Joppa, and she served tire tirelessly, making sure that they were taken care of. Let's go back. There was a believer in Joppa named Tabitha, which in Greek is Dorcas. She was always doing kind things for others. Some key words here in helping the poor. About this time, she became ill and died. Her body was washed for burial and laid in an upstairs room. The first key word that stuck out to me was believer. So why is this important? Dorcas wasn't a God-fearer. We see that in other parts of Scripture, that they know that there's a God. They kind of walk into the Jewish faith. They're awaiting a Messiah, but they do not know who that is. They're trying to follow the laws and regulations of the day. They're a pretty good person in our mind. But they're waiting for Jesus. Well, Dorcas, she's a believer, which means she follows the way, which is she is a Jesus follower. She knows the Messiah is Jesus. This is key that she's identified as a believer. She probably has been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. She knows that her sins have been forgiven by Jesus, by His work, and His work alone. She's probably celebrated the Lord's Supper with the people of Joppa, who are part of the church that was there. She has experienced a new life, a rebirth, and she's so thankful. She's known in her community in that word always serving. And I believe that Dorcas wasn't serving because she thought that somehow by all her good work that God would say, now you're a good person. Now you deserve to be with me. But it's the contrary. She was serving and serving and serving because she was so thankful that she knew the Messiah. Her life was no longer her own. She served faithfully as a way of giving thanks. 
if you remember just from last week, if you were here, believers in this time, it's not like what we experience. We have people that, sure, they make fun of you. It happens to my kids. They are made fun of because they are a believer of Jesus. They're a Christian. They're made fun of. Rocks are not thrown at them. They're not whipped in the street. They're not killed. Their businesses are not taken away. But in her day, this is the way it was. So she is a public believer. She's willing to risk her life to acknowledge that she believes in Jesus. We can learn a lot from Dorcas. What are we willing to sacrifice for others? How are we willing to step into their life and serve them where they have need? How do we love those who may be overlooked? Sacrificing for their children is what we're here. This is what God did for us. Because ultimately, he wanted us to have life. Dorcas was so thankful for that, that her life was not about her. It became about the people of Joppa. And it's an example that we get to see with moms today. They become a mom and their life isn't just about them. It's about the people that God has given them. So believer, a key word. Another key word is upstairs room. So why is this important? This is important because we are a church that believe that our houses can be used for the kingdom of God. As I looked at this, I thought, this is pretty awesome. And maybe, in our view, a little creepy. Their homes were used for a funeral. I want you to think about this. It doesn't say it was Dorcas's home. Somebody else's home. I want you to think about it. I'd die right now. And Chuck and Terry, you take my body and you take it to your house. And then you tell all these people, those that will come, all these come and mourn over Aaron. Who wants to volunteer for that? But this is what they did. Because their home was not just for their space. They believed their home was to be used for the kingdom. I think it's pretty extraordinary. Their homes are safe havens for followers of Jesus. It was a place where people knew that they could go. The story last week, we see that when Paul was being threatened by the people of Philippi, goes to a believer's house. Safe haven. Their homes were a gathering to provide hope for the city. They didn't see their homes as their own possession. They saw it as something that was given from the Lord. And it was a place where the believers, when they lost someone, came to mourn. 
Perhaps this was the house where the church in Joppa met. We don't have evidence one way or the other. But I kind of believe it was. This is a place where they came to worship. This was a place where they came to share the Lord's Supper. I'm sure this was a place that many were baptized. And this was a place where they loved and mourned Dorcas. The room was filled with widows who were weeping and showing him the coats and the other clothes Dorcas had made for them. They loved her. Peter enters this room that's in deep distress. He begins to pray as he clears it out, asking the Lord to bring some hope. We don't know exactly what he prayed, but we do know that he did it in faith. He did it expecting that God would do something. As I thought about this, I went out from that room into the crowd. And I thought about us. You lose someone, and you exit, and where's your faith? Some of the crowd may have been expectant. They had known that Peter had done amazing things. But they're still sad because Dorcas was gone. Some of them may have been weak in faith, thinking this is a waste of time. She's gone. We've washed her body. She's been laying there. It's really no different from us, right? When we expect God to do something, we exit the room. And sometimes we have great anticipation of what he's going to do. And other times... Or kind of like this, right? Can he really do it? Can he really do this thing that I'm asking him to do? Oftentimes when we find ourselves in this deep darkness, it seems like there's no hope for us. We often forget that God is in that with us just as he was with that crowd that day. God knew everyone's heart who had assembled, all the widows who were mourning, all the husbands who were there mourning, all the children who were there mourning. He knew their hearts. And as they exited that room, he exited the room with them as he stayed with Peter as well because he can be everywhere. And even with those who doubted, you see God going, just wait. Just wait. Turning to the body, this is Peter, he said, get up, Tabitha. And she opened her eyes when she saw Peter, she sat up. He gave her his, her his hand and helped her up. Then he called the widows and all the believers and presented her to them alive. So Dorcas, she was known in her community. She did a lot of great things. 
this is not why she was brought back to life. This is not the reason. Every miracle that happens is often not about the person that's requesting it. Every miracle that happens is often not about the person requesting it. God is doing much bigger things. It's about revealing his kingdom to his people. When he does a miracle, he's not just saying, this is for you. It may benefit you. It may bring blessing to you. But he has a much bigger plan than just simply what you are doing. It's about restoring what is broken. Now, Dorcas was broken. She was dead, right? You can't get much more broken than that. But it wasn't just about restoring Dorcas. It was about the brokenness of faith in the community that needed encouraged. It was about those in Joppa who did not believe, who needed evidence of the power of God. The miracle was not just for the widows that day. The miracle was not just for Dorcas. It was for a city. Because it was about bringing, peace, bringing people to faith. And bringing faith to the doubting. Dorcas was brought back to life. But in that one miracle more people were brought to life. In that one miracle, we don't see the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey would say, with Dorcas. We don't know what happens to her. But we do know that as the news spread through the whole town, many believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed a long time in Joppa, living with Simon, the tanner of hides. You know, I think Dorcas was fine that her healing was not just about her receiving life again. Because what got her to this point was her sacrifice of giving to people and loving them. She already knew her life was not about her. The moment she believed in Jesus, she was willing to give that up and say, it's about him. And I know that we want that too, right? But we're kind of the widows in the crowd that went out of the room that day. And sometimes it's hard for us to believe that that's actually the better way. Because the moment that you start saying, this is not about me. You start to worry, will he take care of me? See, great mothers don't make raising kids about them. Great mothers sacrifice daily, they love deeply, and they serve with a daunting dedication. I want you to think, whether your mom is alive or dead, 
want you to think about that woman. Not all of us had a great mother. So if your birth mother was not a great mother, I want you to think about a spiritual mom that was. And my, I, had a, I had a good, I'm going to call her great mom. She's got problems. Whew. I'm the first one to admit that. She'll probably, if she's listening today, will get mad at me that I just said that. But she's great mom. But the Lord also put other moms in my life. When I was in Venezuela, I had a great mom that looked out for me. She looked out for me when I couldn't even speak Spanish. When I was learning Spanish, she watched out for me. I lived in their house. She loved me and sacrificed time for me. When I was in Tucson as a single guy, youth minister, this wonderful lady named Jaina, we just got to see her this last summer as we were going out west. And it was like no time had passed. She had me over because she's like, that guy is not eating right. She had me inviting anytime I could come over to have food. She's a great mom. Great mothers don't make raising children about them. Great mothers serve day in and day out, often without appreciation. Moms, have you ever not been appreciated? That's kind of an ox, right? That's a moron kind of question, right? Great mothers are missed when they are gone, but they're often forgotten while they're alive. This hurts, right? How many times have I forgotten my mom? If she's listening, never. But I'm in church. I've forgotten her. I've forgotten what she's done. Great mothers have grit, and they are tenacious with their love. So what is the main role of a great mother? What's the main role? The biggest, best, most important role that any mother can have is to place their child into the arms of Jesus and let that child know who he is. Now, society will tell us it's a whole bunch of other things. It's not. Yeah, it includes loving them. Yeah. It includes sacrificing for them. It includes serving them. It includes losing sleep. It includes, if you're a spiritual mom, it includes listening to their ridiculous stories and the drama in their life. And the things that they do that you go, I've told you this. It's part of that. It's praying for them. When they do something that you know is not for their benefit, 
for their benefit. It's being patient with them. It's being willing to have your house open to them when they want to return. Dorcas did this. We don't have all the evidence. I don't have enough evidence to support everything that Dorcas did. We know a few things in Scripture about her. But when I see the word always helping, I get a picture of a great mom. I don't know if she was a birth mom, adopted mom. I have no idea what she did. But I know that she loved. I know that she served. And I know that she believed. I pray for all those who want to be moms, all those who have had a mom, acknowledge what they've done. And if they've given you faith in Jesus, that is the best work that they could ever do. And even if they were kind of crappy in other areas, they gave you faith in Jesus, you have eternal thanks that God used them. That's what my mom did. That's why she's a great mom. She got me baptized. She taught me about Jesus. And did we have a wonderful devotion and teaching time about Jesus every day? No, we did not. The way she taught me about Jesus was that she said, this is important. They took me to Sunday school. I had perfect attendance. She reminded me when I went to college. Now, maybe this wasn't on the gospel side. Maybe this is more on the law side. Go to church. There's an expectation. But there was great love behind it. She wanted me to have a life. And she wants me to have a life that follows Jesus. Moms will not know the best way to do this. So give them grace. But if they told you about Jesus, give thanks. It's the most important role that a mom has. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, and I thank you that Dorcas gives us a story of service and of love. But beyond that, that she was a believer. Lord, we know as, as believers we do things not because we think it will make us closer to you or that somehow it will help us in our, our trip to salvation or that somehow our work that we do and service and sacrifice somehow makes up for the sins that we commit. You've done that. You did that through your son. And as a believer, Dorcas believed that. Her good works were thanksgiving for what you had done. Lord, help us to change our minds and turn our minds so that we do things not to make up for our sins. We do things not to show people how good we are, but that we're okay if we're forgotten while we're alive. as we give thanks to you.
Allow our lives to be lives poured out to the service of others, loving them and having patience with them. Make us good mothers. Make us great mothers. As we teach others about your son, Jesus. As you operate through us because you love us. As you serve with us, Lord, we thank you that you have included us into this family business called salvation, called your kingdom. Thank you for making us heirs into your kingdom. Sons and daughters that you have claimed. And where our mothers have fallen short, Lord, you have given us an overabundance. So allow us to have grace with them as we love them. In your name we pray.